It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We've made it through the bye week. We've got updates on DJ Reader, Jamar Chase, and what the Bengals have to do in the second half to get back where they want to go. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, covering your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you who subscribe, all of you who follow, and especially those of you who make us your first listen. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts and where today's game starts, James, as we get out of the bye week and back into Bengals football, is mm-hmm. some updates. DJ Reader looks like things are on track for the Bengals' elite nose tackles return to the field, hopefully this week against Pittsburgh he is off the IR not off the IR technically he's he's in the 21 day window technically to return but expectation for DJ is that he should be available against the Pittsburgh Steelers as the weather starts to turn cold James cleared for practice practiced on Monday I saw him jog over grab his helmet with a big smile and then go through drills, and then they kick this out of practice because that's what happened this time of year. But, yeah, DJ Reader did practice on Monday and uh, talked with the media. He's going to play, you know, barring something unforeseen on Sunday against the Steelers. And, look, not a moment too soon because this the secondary is going to be shorthanded the rest of the way. And so why not get a guy like DJ Reader who was awesome? It, it was one of the few Bengals that were awesome against the Steelers in week one. You get him back for this matchup against a Steelers team. Let's be honest. That offensive line for Pittsburgh, they've been uh, beaten up. And I'm not talking about the injury bug. They've been beaten up this season. Yeah, it's uh, an offensive line that going into week one was the reason that we talked about, like, where's the offense for Pittsburgh coming from? The only way they win that game is if weird stuff happens. And then the game uh, went ahead and, and was really weird. Their offensive line, though, to to give them a little bit of credit, has, according to some, been better in some ways than the Bengals' offensive line, particularly in pass protection. But, I I mean, Trey Hendrickson going against any – we'll have time to talk about these matchups. Interior offensive line, though, for DJ Reader was dominated in week one. And I'm sure he's excited to get back out there against a a group of guys that he knows – I had a lot of success against these guys already this year. And the good news is is you've seen some of these other guys and that they're capable, right? Jay mm-hmm. Tufele is going to get some snaps still. You you know, you've put a lot on Zachary Carter. BJ Hill can kind of be that Robin to DJ Reader's Batman 
now. And and so hopefully you get even more out of him because they, they're going to need this pass rush to, to get going a little bit. And, you know, that certainly starts with making sure the run is stopped. But Reader's one of those rare guys that can also get after the quarterback a little bit on the interior at that nose tackle spot. So huge, huge addition to have him back. This was always sort of the plan is to get him back after the bye. I think he progressed well. I think he's uh, as healthy as he's going to be for the rest of the way. So hopefully he can get out there and, and make an impact. Yeah, the silver lining, if you were to look for one, is that potentially you, you save some mileage on his legs this year. You, you've saved some wear and tear, even though he's coming off an injury and, and just had to do a bunch of rehab, you've maybe saved some wear and tear on the rest of his body because while he had an elite start to this season, you, you could tell at times he, he played probably more than he necessarily ought to have played from a, from a snap workload perspective for a guy that's as big and as active as DJ Reader. So, you know, if you're looking for a silver lining, maybe he has a little bit more in the tank down the stretch uh, than last year when he played a lot of snaps in a lot of games. Hopefully that depth you talked about, James, that had an opportunity to get some of those reps, guys like J2 Fele can, can spell DJ Reader a little bit more without so much of a fall off. But you're right. This is a huge boom for the offensive line, getting him out there, with Trey Hendrickson, with Sam Hubbard, with B.J. Hill, and in some packages maybe even with you know some of the guys further down the depth chart like Cam Sample and and uh, Joseph Osai, it's a big boost for everybody on that defensive line and the linebackers mm-hmm. in run defense. But you're right, his pass looking pass rushing had been a little bit overlooked, I think, early in this season in particular, and mm-hmm. getting him back is a shot in the arm that I think this defense needs down the stretch going against some elite offenses, especially without having Chidobe Awuzie's services available to them. Yeah, you hope he can be the game changer, right, and and really help lose crew. And by the way, if you missed the Lou Anaruma or Brian Callahan interviews, four parts, two with Lou, two with Brian. Check them out. Must listen here on Locked on Bengals. Um, getting to the offensive side, Jamar Chase. See, it's it's wild. It's like mixed reviews, like, and I know you saw this and tweeted me. It's like, all oh, Jamar Chase is still on crutches. The Jamar Chase that I saw on crutches Monday versus the Jamar Chase that we saw pre-buy on crutches is completely different. Like, he was walking around fine. Everything was fine. And and I think it's more – I'll use my my doctor side of – I think this is more precautionary now when having the crutches more, more so than actually, you know, using them to get from each place to each step and – uh you know, they just need that bone to heal. But no, I, I don't expect Jamar Chase to play this week. He's coming along fine. He stayed in town to rehab throughout the bye. He didn't go anywhere. Told me he didn't plan on going anywhere anyways, but I do think that that is noteworthy, that, that he stayed and got treatment throughout. And so hopefully we see him, you know, for that Chiefs game, right? I think that's a realistic goal. The thing is, is if that happens, people are going to say, well, why didn't you put him on injured reserve? And the reason you don't put him on injured reserve is because what if he's ready to go for Tennessee? Mm-hmm. And you didn't necessarily know that good, bad, or indifferent a few weeks ago. And he might still be. I'm not ruling that out. I just don't think he's going to play on Sunday against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And we've talked about this. So if you've listened to the show, apologies for the repetition. But yeah, I mean, you, you summarize it, right? The, the best case outcome was that he made it back a week before if he goes on IR, he could have come back. And when it's a player as important as Jamar Chase, 
and as impactful as Jamar Chase. I mean, look at what wide receivers are doing around the NFL right now for Tua Tagovailoa in Miami, for Minnesota. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase's old teammate, doing insane things to help Minnesota get a win over the Bills. Uh, you know, even adding Stephon Diggs to the Bills last year. You look at these sorts of additions around the NFL, you know how important having those game changers to wide receiver are right now. And, and the Bengals obviously have one there. So if you have an opportunity to get that guy back a week early against a potential AFC playoff team, that upside versus the opportunity cost of, oh, we can't have a guy on the roster, on the 53-man roster who's probably a healthy scratch anyway, on the 45-man game day roster, like that that's worth it if you're the Bengals. And they have an open roster spot right now. Now, Reader's going to take it. But like, yeah. just to give you an example, it's it doesn't really change much. It's not like it's not like Odell was taking that spot, right? It's it, that's not what it was. It would be like some fringe much to your chagrin roster guy. Hey, this is not an Odell topic, but um, oh, anyways, uh, this is basically whoever they would have added would be inactive anyways. Right. So why not give Jamar a shot, just in case. Yeah, it's pretty much what they're doing. That's exactly all it is. Pretty pretty simple. The the other update here, speaking of roster spots, Brandon Wilson designated to return from injured reserve and with uh, Chris Evans dealing with an injury and, and some depth questions at corner. Maybe this is Brandon Wilson's path back onto the roster. He can potentially come back and return some kicks for them. Maybe not this week, but hopefully in, in the near future. And, and we'll see if he can return to his Pro Bowl form and then maybe it gives Dax Hill an opportunity to work a little bit more at corner if you've got the extra safety depth there with Brandon Wilson. That that could be how everything fits together if Brandon Wilson returns here imminently in the future. We, we've got some mailbag questions, James. I, I haven't mentioned it yet, but we have some mailbag questions. There's some bigger topics of conversation about the second half of the season. And what about the punter? We, we talked about Kevin Huber's job security uh, a week ago or so at this time. We'll, we'll get back to that topic as well. So we've got those questions coming up next. Taro is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And look, with Taro, you're going to get variety and the quality and the options that you want. You can book any car you want, wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. Doesn't matter if you live in Canada like Jake, the United States and Cincinnati like me, the UK, they got you covered at Taro. You can book a spacious SUV. You can book that sporty sports car, which, yeah, that would be what I would go with. You can test drive that new electric vehicle. I did this, by the way, in Dallas week two. Test drove a little Tesla action. was a lot of fun, and you can do so right now with Taro. So forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Taro.com. That's T-U-R-O.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I know we've got some important football to talk about, James, but I also test drove a Tesla. It was years ago now, uh, 
2013, 2012. Well, yeah. They still have a. You drive a Mercedes Benz now. We already established that on the pod. Go ahead. I drive a Japanese car that is not a Mercedes Benz. Uh, Liar. Do do they still have governors on on the Teslas? That it it said like max speed this. Nah, baby. No, we took that thing past the max speed. So, so it it like said it. It said like max speed at one point, like eighty six. Yeah, well, that thing. It went over it. D- d- don't tell the people in Texas, but I might have hit that triple digits, baby. There's there's high speed limits in Texas. Be safe if you're driving. Do as we say, not as we do. Don't drive. They were high speed recklessly. limits, but the point is, is yeah, the governor. It, it, yeah. it, honestly, it's like healthy Jamar Chase playing against the Kansas right. City Chiefs. We already know what he does. Right. Yeah, when I test drove it, it was capped at 80. It like would accelerate. It would stop accelerating. And I wouldn't realize what, why is it not. And then it was just because it was governed at 80. Because in those vehicles, it doesn't feel like you're going. It does not. And you get it there. I mean, coast. if anyone's driven them, you know. You get there so fast. It's an insane vehicle. Anyway, let's get so into it. how about you sponsor uh, the pod and get us some Teslas? Yeah, that was a All lot right. of a lot of free airtime for Tesla. Yeah. I was just curious. It's a fun yeah, car. I get it. Uh, Jeff Smith at Natty B O H, Bo. I don't know. Wants to know what does what do the Bengals need to do in the second half of the season to be the team that played against Carolina and not the team that got embarrassed against Cleveland? And I think this is a big conversation, James, because as we go into the second half of the schedule with the interviews we had, we didn't have a you know, mid-season retrospective and and expectation settings episodes. So this question kind of does a good job of, of setting up this topic as to, well, what does the second half of the season need to look like for a team that's missing Chidobe Abouzie and currently missing Jamar Chase, even if they do get DJ Reader back like we just discussed? Well, can they be efficient in the run game, right? And, and what does that mean? It, it means exactly what I said. That It doesn't mean run it 50 times. All right, it's not going to be like Carolina. Joe Mixon's not going to have five touchdowns every week. But take a little pressure off of Burrow because it felt like going into that Carolina game that he was just going to have to just carry this team to five and four. And obviously it didn't go that route, and he played fine. But the offensive line did what I think a lot of people were expecting this offensive line to do on the ground. And so that's where I look is – if that's sustainable to a degree, having an effective run game and being efficient on the ground, it's going to start with those five offensive linemen. And they've looked better in recent weeks outside of the Cleveland game, which is some weird outlier. That's, that's how it feels to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe not. Maybe they go to Pittsburgh and it's the same thing and they just stink in the AFC North. But to me, I, I kind of know what Lou's crew is going to do. No Cheeto. That's tough. I think they're going to overcome it to a degree. They're not as good. Their ceiling isn't as high on defense, but they're going to find a way and piece it together and, and play it at a pretty high level. But on offense, if you really want to unlock the the true potential of this team, you're going to have to win in the trenches. And they've, more often than not, during Joe Burrow's career, lost in the trenches. And he's won them a lot of games regardless. And he might be able to do that again. But can you imagine? An offensive line getting that kind of push. Jamar Chase coming back. Joe Mixon not getting touched before the line of scrimmage. Joe Burrow with some time to throw. I mean, that's that's the dream. 
And so that's sort of the key. It's not just the offensive line, right? It's Joe Mixon and pass protection too, all of those things. But yeah, a lot of it's going to come down to me to winning the the physical battle in which, uh, you know, week in and week out, which this offensive line was built to do. It's why they went out and did what they did in March. We'll see if they can do it down the stretch. Yeah, I think that that is going to be a, a huge factor. I think that my early season concerns about Joe Burrow have totally gone away, and you always had confidence that he was going to bounce back from that, right? It was like, a, yeah, okay, this is probably the appendectomy, probably missing reps, getting used to a new offensive line, all these things. And he, he's mostly back to the Joe Burrow that we got used to last year. He's still throwing very accurately high completion percentage adapting to the offense getting into that shotgun quick game stuff that they've been really effective with and, and so it's not really that you're worried about joe burrow and the running game has been very inconsistent the run blocking has been very inconsistent although it's shown up more frequently in, in recent weeks the pass blocking seems to be getting better so they seem to be getting a little bit better in the offensive line or, or in the trenches but can, can they continue to deal with these elite edge rushers? The teams that have really given them problems on offense this year are the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cleveland Browns. And those are the three best pass rushing edge players in the NFL, uh, arguably overall, but certainly that they face this year. They get TJ Watt this week. Next week, they get Tennessee, who sacked Burrow infinity times in a playoff game that the Bengals won in Tennessee. So they're looking for revenge for a playoff loss. And, and down the stretch, you get Von Miller. You get the Baltimore Ravens, who, for whom Justin Houston is playing like a freak, ageless wonder. And so there, there's a few of these pass rushers, Miles Garrett again, a few of these pass rushers on the schedule that that seems to be a bit of an Achilles heel for this team right now is teams that can drop back into these top down, keep the ball in front of us, get downhill and tackle in the quick game because our front four, we're going to rush four and our elite edge rushers are going to win. Mm-hmm. And and force the ball out quickly. Yeah. That has been a bit of a recipe that's been hard for the Bengals this year. And, and to your point, James, some of the things that really help with that are, you know, blocking, obviously, <laughs> but getting the run game going. <laughs> yes, and and, and the design of the offense. There are things that you can do to to make that easier for your offense. And they got to some of that against Carolina, who I know has not been a good team, but some of the screen game stuff, some of the run game stuff that they did very effectively against Carolina, you can do that against, say, the Browns, who we thought they would be able to run the ball against. Then that game probably looks very different. Yep. So, so they, on offense, I think that you're, you're spot on. Those are some of the big keys for some of those reasons. And that's the thing is in those games, they have not been able to run with those elite edge rushers. They did not. Now, Mixon did get dinged up in that first game against the Steelers. Who knows how much of that impacted and then led to Dallas and all of those things. But man, the offensive line wasn't good in those games either against uh, or on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully they're more comfortable now in rested. Hopefully we get the best of Lyle Collins in the Mm -hmm. second half of the season. Hopefully Jonah Williams is a knee because here's the thing. He's taken a lot of criticism and I think a lot of it's fair. He also has played through something that a lot of guys probably wouldn't have been able to play through. And Mm -hmm. so hopefully He's closer to 100% now and can be the – because he was supposed to be like Mr. Stability on this line. Really was. Yeah. And there's a lot of questions about him right now, and and they're going to need him. You, you want to talk about guys that are 
really need to perform at a high level. Obviously, you could go with the, the big stars, but I, I think Jonah Williams is is one of the key role players that needs to play better in the second half of the season. And and I do wonder how much the knee got in the way. And hopefully, that's that's much healthier now than it was a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right about that too. On the defensive side of the ball, just a, a couple of quick thoughts. I, I do think they need to find some pass rush, and, and need to find that a little Blitz. bit more consistently. They have been good when they've blitzed, but they need to be yeah. able to get pressure with four. You've seen what that does against the Bengals, who are a very efficient, despite what your your biases might think. Overall, this season they've been a very efficient offense, one of the best in the NFL on an EPA per play basis. Go look at my tweets, you know, since week two, throwing out the first two weeks of the season because selective endpoints serve my narrative in this case. They've been the most efficient offense in football. And a couple of those games against the NFC South certainly uh, certainly helped those numbers. But the the defense against teams like the Buffalo Bills, against teams like Kansas City, when you talk about things that slow the Bengals down, if you could do that to some of those teams, get pressure with four and, and be able to keep extra guys in coverage, that would go a long way too. Let's talk about the punter position, James, because Kevin Huber is still a Cincinnati Bengal. And that is maybe not surprising, but maybe a little bit. We'll get into that topic of conversation to finish up the show coming up next. But first, a word from LinkedIn Jobs. Today's show brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs because every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, or you could get it right with LinkedIn Jobs because you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates, and LinkedIn Jobs has simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview, who you'd like to hire, that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked On Bengals is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and analysis. Go check out Everything they're offering this year is they're ever expanding what they've got available to you, the sports better. And you're going to be able to get latest odds, trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports, which it still makes me scratch my head a little bit and kind of marvel at the world that we're in where you can now bet on esports all over the place. You can get it all at Bet Online. And if you uh, love sports podcast. You can find those at Bet Online as well. If you need more to listen to than Locked On Bengals, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix at Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, Jake, let's dive into the punter battle here because, well, it's been a hot button topic in Kevin Huber. Well, he was still in the Bengals locker room, talked on Monday. And, and real quick before we get to the question, give him props for it. He admitted like, yeah, I've been bad this year. <laughs> I need to play better. And that's hard to do, especially when you might be at the end. And I don't know if many people would handle it the way he did on Monday. And so who knows? But he's still a member of the Bengals as we record this on Tuesday night. And Bengals fan at user a bunch of different numbers generic Bengals fan asks, will we see a punter change 
this week, if not at some point this year? Yeah, that's the question, right? How long is that leash for Kevin Huber? And you're right. Give the guy props. He's, he's a consummate professional. You know, the, the humility that you show, the, the ownership that he's shown in, in talking to the media today and, and talking about his performances, admirable for sure. And I, I have nothing against Kevin Huber, the human. I think every Bengals fan would agree. Kevin Huber, the human for the city of Cincinnati, for all he's done for, for the amount of time he's been in Cincinnati is, is a, is, is a goat for, for sports institutions in Cincinnati. I mean, what player can you say has played sports at a collegiate or professional level for this long in Cincinnati outside of Kevin Huber. Right. But you know, we talked about it before the buy. The performance just hasn't been there for Huber. And they they continue to get Drew Chrisman a lot of work. It feels like the leash couldn't be shorter. It mm-hmm. feels like if there's another bad game or two, they're going to pull the trigger. And I don't think that they're far off from doing it. That said, it's a little bit surprising, right, mm-hmm. that, that he's still – there, if they were thinking about making the move, if they were leaning toward making the move, they're they're giving him every chance in the world here to save his job, and that's respectable given, again, the the institution that is Kevin Huber as a punter in Cincinnati. But the bye week felt like a time we talked about it before the bye to to make that change. Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder. It feels like the leash is short, and maybe intuitively it would be, but but maybe it's not in reality in in that special teams room? Uh, I think it's short, and I, I am a bit surprised. Let me ask you this scenario, because I, I think there's at least a scenario where they would go, all right, Kevin, let's just make you inactive. Let's call up Drew Crispin from the practice squad, and let's give him a try. Now, I wouldn't do that, and here's why. If you're going to go and say Kevin's done and he can't do it and you're turning to Chrisman, well, then you just got to turn to Chrisman. It's not like Chrisman is new. Chrisman's been here for the majority of the past year and a half, working with Darren Simmons and developing and all of those things. Holding, by the way, not an issue. Holding during field goals. Darren Simmons says that's not even a concern and he's a straight shooter. So to me, if they were going to rip that Band-Aid off, it would have been ripped off and you don't ask Kevin to be there on Monday. Zach Taylor doesn't kind of just dismiss the idea, but he left the door open too. And I think it's because this might be it. Mm-hmm. This could be the, all right, you have a shot here. Prove it. Yeah. Because the Bengals, their margin for error, it's, <laughs> they're going to have to win a lot of these games. They're going to have to win five of the next eight to get into the playoffs. I think that's fair, at least. And so you can't be worried about the dang punter. That's just that's just the reality of of what they're looking at. And right now, a lot of people are going to watch. If Kevin Huber's punting on Sunday, a lot of people are going to be watching how he does. I've been asked about the punter a lot over the past eight to nine days from like casual fans just see you see out in public, and it's like, oh, this is like a thing. It's yeah. not just one person that's asked me either. It's kind of wild. It's yeah. because he's he's not punting at a high level, and people are noticing. It's it's obvious because it's not just not at a high level. It's it's just he's he's been poor. He's been yeah. subpar, and it's unfortunate. And you know he he's admitted it. Darren Simmons has talked about it. And in a year where statistically everything has gotten better for the Bengals, 
the the, the two things that haven't are are special teams are are on special teams, I should say. Because Evan McPherson on, on year-to-day performance hasn't been as good through nine games as he was last year. And Kevin Huber hasn't been as good as he was last year. And and the kickoff return game also, I guess there's three, everything's on special teams, hasn't been as good as it was last year. And and a lot of that is, is going to be, in terms of things you can fix, is going to be on Kevin Huber. Now, here, here's another reason they maybe are keeping Huber and giving him another week here is they, they have some changes on the special team unit with some injuries. Chris Evans, one of those. Maybe maybe they're trying to minimize the amount of moving parts in one week. But again, if you're going to do it, the body probably made just a whole lot it. of sense. You probably just do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's unique. And, and maybe they're like, hey, we'll give him a week to, re- to rest up, get his yeah. body right, because he is a veteran, mm-hmm. and see if he punts any better in Pittsburgh. If not, then we go to Drew. Well, because Drew can boom it, man. Well, aren't they also saying that he's still kicking well in practice and everything, and it's just not translating to the game? Yeah, which is so maybe it's weird for a veteran, isn't it? Weird for a veteran. That's weird to me. It's weird generally that that you would suddenly start hitting bad punts in games. Maybe getting in his head a little bit too. At that point, who knows the the sports psychology aspect? That's totally speculative and, and and could be nothing to do with with what's going on, but this team is given up a little bit in special teams. And yes, I, I think it needs to turn around because in, again, in a year where the offense has been better statistically overall, the defense has been better statistically overall. You, you don't want to give that back those improvements back on special teams and, and lose games that way. And, and obviously week one was a probably a big contributor, Right. Where, where you lose your long snapper and you miss two field goals from from short range to win the game. Sure. But, um, I, I was I was talking with Dan Horde. I had him on Cincinnati Bengals talk, and he was like, "If they had just won Week One, yeah, they're in first place. They're tied for first place in the AFC North. They're six and three. Mm-hmm. Everything feels fine." And that was such a huge game, like losing to Dallas. Whatever you fall to Baltimore, you get blown out by Cleveland. All of those things you can overlook if they think they'd be in first place right now. It'd be much easier. That game, whew, that one really haunting. stays with you. I, you I, you I hope mean, it doesn't first... stay through the second half of the season. You, that's all. I mean, and it might absolutely. But but what did we say after the game? Yeah, I mean, this is what we said at the time. They're gonna they they might be looking back at this one. And I mean, I think we said we hope they wouldn't be. You hope they're not looking back at this one and thinking, man. If that had only gone differently, our season would have been a whole lot easier, maybe a whole lot better. And they, they still have plenty of time, right? It, it just gets harder. That's all. And, and they've risen to the challenge before. They did it last year. And they certainly could do it again, but they're going to have to beat some good teams. And yep. I think they are at least a solid, if not good team themselves, maybe not quite this year playing at the level of of the – I know they just lost the Bills and the Eagles and the Chiefs, uh, but they play some of those teams, so they have an opportunity to get back on the right track and get right going into the playoffs. But we were talking about a one seed before the season. Remember, James? Not talking about Don't that one me. seed. Don't remind at me. At this point. That, that road is hard to see at this point for the Bengals. Anyway, we're back to 
football, the bye week, like I said, in the rearview mirror, the Bengals back at practice for tomorrow's episode, which will be a crossover, crossing over with everybody's favorite Locked On host, Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, as we prepare for Steelers Week Part 2, flexed out of prime time. In what week is it? 11? Time flies. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.